On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about digital marketing versus print. We talk about privacy laws, artificial intelligence, and the future of digital marketing. We talked about how to plan your business long-term uh, with, a, with a digital marketing plan to beat Zillow. It's gonna be an incredible show. Tune in. You talk about it privately, we talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, a.k.a. Crazy Uncle Keith. Yes, sir. Tell us about Matt Marks, the CEO and co-founder of Evocalize and what we are talking about. Man, we covered a lot of stuff. We, we dug yeah. in on advertising. We dug in on why real estate marketing sucks. That was me. Uh, we <laughs> talked about digital media and the future of it. Uh, candidly, one of the best answers I've heard to the question of what would you implement today into your business? And oh, by the way, our first ever podcast earthquake mid recording. Uh, so don't miss it was this one, so Kate. big that it <laughs> shook the, the, uh, the, uh, headphones off of, <laughs> off of Matt. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so, uh, in Texas and the earthquake was in California. Go it figure. It was a big one. So, it was a big yeah. one. So ah, yeah, I get it. check it out, kids. Put in yours, Matt, welcome to the show. We are excited to have you here while Keith coughs into his microphone. I was muted. You were, that's true. You were muted. So yeah. it was quick, quick hands, by the way. Yeah. Um, Matt, uh, Matt and I have known each other for a while. You, I classify you. I'm going to actually call you the digital Yoda today. The digital oh, advertising Yoda is oh, what we're going to do is today. Is that because of my cup? Did you it literally could, do that? I didn't see it. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's so that. funny. Hey, yeah, Matt. It's, it's Yoda backwards. best, Matt. Yoda best. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You are in for a show, my friends. Um, <laughs> so let's start out with um, typical... Yoda. Yeah. Just give us a little bit of your background so the listeners and viewers know who you are and what you do. But make sure you end it at Digital Yoda because yeah. that's pretty great. <laughs> hey, at least, it, at least it's not uh, because I look like Yoda, guys. That, yeah, that would be, that, fair. Fair. That'd that be a little more like Obi-Wan Kenobi a little yeah, bit. Oh, that's kind of what I yeah, expected. Yeah, maybe where, switch it up. Where I expected you to go, James, uh -huh. with this uh, thing. So, you now uh, they mm -hmm. say that I might take it that way. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll take it. I've been called worse. Uh, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, really uh, uh, love love the pod. Uh, listen to it all the time. So uh, it's a great, great work. Uh, yes, great work, our guys. first yes. listener. Yes. Building up, up the pod. If you um, could so, get your mom to subscribe to you, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just uh, a little bit about me. We, uh, you know, I've uh, kind of uh, done a lot of different things in my career, unlike some of your some of the folks who have come on on your show and, and sold real estate at, at the age of 18. I did not sell real estate at the age of 18. Uh, I landed in this this industry uh, after spending a lot of time in, in others. Um, but just a quick story about uh, about me. I actually went to school for genetics. So my, my, my undergrad uh, was, was in genetics at Texas A&M. And I just happened to get swept up in the uh, in the dot com era, so I, I learned to code, and and uh, that made a lot more money than sitting in the lab, you know, <laughs> doing genetics research. And so, uh, so, um, so I, I put myself uh, through the back half of college um, writing software, and came out of, of school writing software, and uh, did that for a few years um, out of undergrad, and then, uh, so I'm a techie kind of through and through um, by background, but. Um, you know, that gets boring, and I kind of realized by looking at other people's code that I wasn't the best coder. So, uh, <laughs> so you, you know. were probably the best geneticist 
coder. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like no. that. Like no, that. Those early that days of gene therapy, my friend. Yeah. They were very bad <laughs> medicines. I bet. CRISPR. Um, let's talk about CRISPR. No, CRISPR. let's not. Let's um, not. So, so, so I, I went into product and, and I've been in startups and I've been uh, in, uh, in the investment business. I've been uh, in the strategy consulting world. Um, but the last last company I uh, I participated in was was an investment of mine. I was a limited partner in it. The company was called Bizarre Voice, uh, based down down here where I am today in Austin, Texas. Um, and uh, we we grew that company pretty rapidly, a marketing technology company, and took it public uh, for a couple billion dollars back in uh, back in oh, 2012. Damn, you're buying dinner next time that we have we hang <laughs> yeah. out. So you just <laughs> drop that like oh yeah we you know we had a successful no exit. We sold it for yeah. a couple billy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, nice. It, it, it was it was a fun ride, but you know, um, everyone started. Uh, you know, I was having fun building and inventing, and and everyone started driving their Lamborghinis into the office. Uh, you know, and and, and kind of just started to started to coast a little bit, and so. Wait, wait, uh, so now I at, want uh, hold on. I don't want to know your one extravagant purchase when you sell a company for a couple billion dollars and you're an LP. I don't, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to create, we don't want the IRS to hear this and come knocking. Right. So you got your check. It was whatever size it was. What was your one extravagance that you went out and spent a little, little coin on that you wouldn't have good, before? by the way, no, uh, or just be honest. <laughs> a, a, uh, it's funny. I just listened to, uh, I just listened to one of your pods, uh, on Picasso. And uh, so, uh, this, this kind of like, uh, connect, connect, connects mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Uh, so I bought a condo, uh, in Miami oh. and used it, uh, used it about five times. Uh, <laughs> total. total. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that was a, historically stupid purchase but uh, yeah. but no I, I did i didn't buy the lambo and i didn't roll in in the lambo and yeah. uh to the office and uh uh so so yeah and so tell little, us tell us where you're at now with evocalize yeah. get a little background on what you what you guys yeah. are doing over there yeah so so uh, what evocalize does it's a um a digital marketing platform it's intended to uh effectively let data drive decision making so we take all this like complicated Digital marketing is really complicated, right? And so most people don't do good digital marketing because uh, it's hard, right? And so and it takes a lot of data, uh, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of education. And so what we built is technology to let um, to let big guys like like um, like the franchisor, uh, portals, tech companies um, wire our technology in, feed it with data, and then hand it to uh, agents, teams, offices, franchisees, and let them run self-service marketing programs without having to know what the hell they're doing. And so, uh, it's a little humbling as a, as an entrepreneur founding a company. Uh, but we, uh, we can't, we're white labeled across a lot of the residential real estate space today. Uh, real estate is where we started. Um, but we have just to give you a size of scale of our company in residential real estate today, we've got a million uh, agents, team, and teams, and brokers using our platform that have access to our platform in about between 100 and 150,000 monthly active users who use our technology uh, to run uh, run marketing programs that actually work uh, in, in in the space. <laughs> not um, and so, so we're not only and we can talk more about this, but real estate is only part of what we what we do. But um, 
but, but real estate is, is, is where we started. And, and, uh, and, and so we have a pretty large, large presence. And there. you guys are in a lot of other sectors now as well, correct? Cause you're not just in residential real estate. You work, I think it's the restaurant industry and a whole bunch of different things. That's right. I mean, the, the problem, the problem that we're solving is not unique to real estate, right? It's like real estate has listing data and CRM databases and sphere data and website audiences, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. Right. But what do we want to do, right? We want, if we're a, if we're a local business, we want to drive our business, right? We want to bring new right. customers in. We want to, and, and that's not unique to real estate. Real estate mm-hmm. is like the quintessential local, local industry, but restaurants have the same thing, right? There are local McDonald's, right? Local TGI Fridays, um, that, that lo- local smoothie Kings, a client of ours, like that, that need to drive business. And if you talk with these in, in, in mortgage and insurance and fitness, and so we have, franchise groups in, in all these industries that use our tools. But um, if you talk with what drove us to this solution, right, you go walk into your local restaurant. I walked into a local restaurant uh, six months ago um, and it was empty, right? Mm-hmm. Middle, middle of like dining times, completely empty. And I'd never seen this restaurant before. And it's like four blocks from our Austin house. And I walked in and the franchise owners in that, in that, uh, in that restaurant. And I said, and he was working the counter, right? And he owns three locations I learned, but I talked to him and I said, well, your place is kind of empty, man. And I learned, live around the corner and I've never heard of it. Did you just open? And he said, no, we've been here for two years. Yeah. And I said, well, like, why does no one know about this place? Uh, and he said, I don't know, man, I'm doing everything I can, but we're really losing our shirts here. Um, I'm barely paying the bills. And, and I said, what are you doing in a market? He said, I'm printing flyers. I'm printing. I'm, I went into the local high school and I added to their bulletin board. Oh. And I'm like, man, oh, solid. what 15 year old is going to look at the bulletin board Mine isn't. Mine's on no. TikTok, yeah. right? right? So anyway, so so I, I digress a little, but that all these businesses share that um, same same pattern, right? Things have gone digital, and uh, and you kind of have to do that in a pretty so, sophisticated way. So, so two questions then. Number one is is print dead? Like, is it done? Like, I mean, we had a place where this just needs to is it just needs to move on, or is there still a place for print? I mean, we'll talk about some of this stuff, but. Like that's my first question. And then secondly, why does so much real estate marketing or advertising just suck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people boy. have no idea what they're doing. No, uh so uh, <laughs> Which one you gonna take first? Yeah, take yeah. one of those. Is but print dead two. or why does why does real estate marketing suck? <laughs> they, they, uh, they, they almost like fit together, James. So um so look guys, yeah, I mean I don't know that print was print was ever alive. You know, um look the a billboard. What do we talk about when we're talking about print? We're talking about postcards, mailers. We're talking about billboards. We're talking about handouts, right? We're talking about newspaper ads. Like, when is the last time you picked up a physical newspaper? I can tell you, I'm 47 years old and I don't pick up a physical newspaper. That's for right. damn sure, right? Right. So, um, I, I think one of the things that that print misses um, is, first of all. Never, to me, it's not exciting. I throw all of the print mail I get at home away immediately. So I literally have a trash can, I don't want you guys, next to the mailbox, and I dump it all in and just like sort out the two or three things that I actually should care about. And I actually had to run to our second house up in, in Seattle. The mailbox filled up when we were not there. Of course, again, the second houses, you're not there that much, right? right. So, um, so it filled up, and I went and yelled at the, the mail uh, carrier, uh, went in the post office. I'm like, man, you're filling up our mail with all this junk. And then you don't deliver the real stuff, right? Cause it fills right. up and you put a notice and you close us down or whatever. So I, man, I don't think, uh, I think we've gone well past that. And 
generational yeah, potentially at all? Like, I mean, is it still somewhat generational or you just think that we're past it? I think end? we're past it. I'm 40 okay. and I, I'm, I'm late forties and, and, uh, it doesn't work for me. Uh, you know, it, it, the problem is it doesn't have targeting associated with it, right? Like just, the magic it so let, the, let me push back just for auspices okay. of an interesting podcast, because if we all agree, it's not very interesting, right? So while I, I will agree completely that print is nowhere near as powerful as it was even, I'd say, 20 years ago or 15 years ago. So, But to say it's dead and has no place, like if I had a targeted geographical farm and I did all of the slick shit that you're about to talk to us about, about digital marketing and all the other cool things you could do, but as an element of a marketing plan, doesn't it still have some value? Especially if you're adding to Mindshare and it's a group that you've already targeted and it is because you can target, right? You could pull a list of homes that are non-owners or you could uh, send things to your sphere of influence or some of the more classic, traditional, boring, aged, not as effective, but is it really dead? Well, I mean, if you have unlimited budgets, you should do everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. Touche. I, yeah. You know, like, sure. You know, yeah. I, so, so the thing I'd tell you, Keith, is it just, it's just like a, what do you want to invest in, mm-hmm. right? And so the whole our whole lives are about like taking risks, making bets, like determining what to invest in, what to invest our time in and our money in. And real estate for an agent, for a team, for brokerage, it's no different, right? You're like, what are you investing in? And and the digital platforms have all the eyeballs, how have all the time spent now. And so sure, like <laughs> that's a fine complimentary, small, tiny piece to your puzzle if you have unlimited budgets. Postcard mailing is actually pretty expensive. Like when you when you bake it all down, if you have a nice postcard, you're spending a buck, two bucks. You know, probably a buck, right? Postage. You could get a jumbo size postcard that looks pretty good. Points for a the same though. Yeah, no, you I'm not saying it's cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. basically saying if you spend five hundred dollars on postcards versus five hundred dollars on digital, you think you'll get a better outcome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think what it's hard, the, hard yeah, to argue the opposite. What are the numbers? You built a company. <laughs> well, but I mean, so what are the numbers? How big is the online space? Give us some stats so that people like really understand it. Because I haven't actually looked at this stuff in a while. Like, what? How big is TikTok and Meta and, and all of these different things? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, Google's the largest, right? So people people often forget. People think about Google as just the search. Google search enterprise, I go to the you know Google search box and I type in what do I want to see. And that's a big, big portion of the, the audience. But Google has lots of properties, right? They have something called the Google Display Network that's effectively um, is advertising on lots of the largest um, websites uh, across the world. Um, they, have, uh, they have YouTube. You know, YouTube's a part of the Google enterprise and lots of other places. Gmail uh, is another really good one. And so when you knit all those things together, Google has 4.3. I just pulled this this morning. 4.3 billion monthly active users. Sheesh. In the world. 4.3 billion. So um, so they're the largest, right? Um, Meta is second. They just crossed over the 3 billion threshold in terms of monthly active users. And Meta is, just for everyone listening, if you're not familiar with the new terminology, Meta is uh, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook primarily. They have some other properties as well. But they're 3 billion. And then TikTok is the fastest growing channel. They crossed over 1 billion uh, monthly active users, 150 million in the US alone, which is their largest market. So, um, and, and by the way, we can talk not only about the number of users they have access to or monthly active users, right? We can talk about the time spent, right? Which is another really interesting piece to this puzzle because they don't just have your information. You're not just going there once. You're spending a lot of time there as a consumer. Yeah. 
What is it? Just curious. What is like, what is some of the average times and things that are people are online? I mean, can only imagine, especially with the generations that are below me, that makes myself sound old, but like, (laughs) I mean, it's gotta be massive. The amount of time people spend on their phone. I know I get that stupid display button thing on my phone that says you spend so much screen time. And I'm like, no, I'm going to delete you. So what's your, what's your guess? (laughs) The average, the average U S consumer, either you guys like what daily, weekly, what are we looking at? Uh, daily, daily minutes per day, minutes per day. I'd go uh, at least an hour on all social media platforms or one specific one. What was your answer? Was it on all James? I was all. And I said an hour. Yeah. Okay. I'm going all. Yeah. over under over. Uh, definitely over. Yeah. Like right? a lot. Right. <laughs> well, I've just, over. look, I've got an 11 year old. She's probably good yeah. for three hours a day. Like she's bringing up a family <laughs> average uh, for sure. And if you count YouTube, I mean, kids, you know, if you count YouTube kids, like all of the different channels that they have, like there's, it's, it's gotta be, it's, yeah. it's over an hour. Yeah. yeah. So Google's basically an hour the, alone, just yeah. so you know, like <laughs> Google's channels. Jesus. So basically everyone's there. This is where the eyeballs are. And you know, we, I think we all understand that. So let's dive into some other stuff. Why does, let's go back to my original question. Why does real estate advertising suck so much? Like, what is it that we're doing wrong that we're, <laughs> what everybody's listening and not everybody's listening is judging my my question but no, they're all nodding just, going yeah we really do our advertising really does suck. it just makes me uh, laugh it's funny because it's, uh, it's true what are we doing wrong is it that we're just missing the idea of what we're supposed to be promoting and like who the target audience is i mean is it about self-promotion too much is it should be about the consumer what's your take on this i mean you yeah. literally do advertising this is what you guys do yeah so yeah yeah, well, the first thing is, to get back to your billboard point, like people treat digital advertising like a digital billboard, right? So so that's like not what we should be doing for one. And two... Should I have my face on my yard sign? No, never mind. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. You know, the just ignore that. Just keep going. Everything, Keith, you <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, so I think you should dip your head a little, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> Side joke. Side, Side yeah, joke. Yeah. We'll probably put that on the blooper. We'll explain that someday, not today. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, no, but so so we either we either don't. It's this stuff to do this well gets really complicated, right? You have to find the right audiences. You have to figure out the right targeting. You have to figure out how much to spend for that audience. There's just there's a lot to to doing the, doing this well, right? And so um, so I'm not blaming anyone, right? But what we do in the real estate industry is typically replace the, the billboard or the postcard uh, in in media, right? In digital media, which is which is okay, but not uh, not really where you should go or you go straight to leads, right? And you just go like, I'm going to get as I'm going lead low funnel as much leads as I can get. Um, and you know, a lot of those leads are, are not great leads. If, if you're not doing the right kind of audience stuff, um, objective, et cetera. You're getting just looky loose versus actual specific people that might be looking at it, that your property that want that actual home potentially. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So the, the right mix y'all is, you're everywhere, right? So you can't skip the billion users on TikTok, right? You can't skip the, you know, 4 billion users on Google, right? So you need to be digitally present everywhere. And you need to, um, you need to have targeted journeys, like you need to be contextually and contextually relevant all the time with with the right information, you need to give information to people. Uh, not just your, not just your, your face out there, right? So the right um, content at the right time in front of the right person being very specific. That's right. And then you can ask for the lead, right? And then you can ask for the lead and then you can nurture that lead, right? And then what you're doing is what the portals do, right? You're then doing executing digital marketing for yourself and on a local level like the portals do 
uh, centrally and, and you're, you're going to start winning. Do you think that, do you think that artificial intelligence is going to play an important role in this and where I'm going with that? I'm going to slightly joke with here, but like the concept of, I still love that movie, my minority report. <laughs> no, <laughs> and that's the best. Oh, come again. on. But like, if you think about it, it's, it's very specific advertising to a specific individual let's take the joke out of it. Like, are we going to a place though, where we're going to have enough data and information to be able to have real time specific ad generation for that specific user on behalf of this seller? I think I said that correctly. So like, is, is that where we're moving from a technology perspective? We've already been there. I mean, it, we, we, we have the technology to do that today. Uh, but, but what holds you back from that in the, in the kind of paid channels are uh, the privacy laws that have been put in place. And so you, you can still do that here and there in the advertising world, but most of the major channels like a Google and a, and a Meta, uh, you're limited to addressing groups, small groups, but groups of people with messages, right? So you're really not gonna be one-to-one generating uh, generating content, my, minority report style anytime soon. In fact, the world I, I would say is moving toward more of a privacy opt-in model than, a, than an all-in minority report one-to-one style marketing. But the, the, the technology is there to do it all, do it all today. There's, there's no technology gap. So let's say I own a, a small independent in anywhere USA and I'm listening to this and I think, yeah, okay, I hear you. You're, you're probably right. Prince probably dead. But everything that you said makes almost no sense to me, right? Like I, I don't go on TikTok. Does that mean I got to start doing these stupid TikTok dances as part of my my real estate career, like how do I transition from a 52 year old independent who's got 10 agents in their company to really understanding how I can approach this? Well, the fir- first thing I say to people is like, yeah, you should like get on TikTok and, you know, have your, have your uh, teenager or your, your grandkid, like teach you how, you know, yeah. uh, when I first yeah. started using tech, and I'm in this business, right. And when I start first started thinking about TikTok for our platform four or five years ago, um, I, uh, I, I asked my daughter who was, you know, 12 at the time, can, can you like teach me how this TikTok <laughs> thing works? You know, I lived yeah. legitimately like she like yeah. said, okay, dad, you know, and she's yeah. like showing me her phone. Right. And, uh, and so that's how I learned. So just go start like watching the types of content that, that work there. And, you know, I don't think we all have to do dances, you know, but, but we should be authentic in these channels when we start mm-hmm. participating in them. And, you know, just, we have, we have agents who are, you know, 70 in their, their 70s and still work and still selling real estate who are just recording themselves organically on their phone and creating TikTok uh, videos and ads with them. So it, that's the start, right? It's like it, these are organic channels. They don't have to be super polished. And there are tools that can help you do it for you so that you're not having to learn the whole thing, you know, from the ground up. And because the problem you get into, Keith, is kind of what you're alluding to, right? If you're you're doing this for TikTok and then you're doing it for Instagram, you're doing it for Reels, you're doing it for uh, Old Blue Facebook, then you're doing it for all these Google channels and Gmail yeah. and YouTube. It's like overwhelming from right. a time perspective. So you really yeah. have to find, you know, to be digitally present, you have to find Something some automation. To, uh, yeah. it. Well, because like Gary Vee says, you should put out 80 pieces of content a week or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. But, I mean, look, I'm not. The guy's been very successful, but he's got a whole team that's backing him and supporting him, right? Right. He spends a million dollars a year probably in videographers and editors and sound guys and whatever else. So how does, how, like, what do we do? 
like, let's well, say I believe you. What do we do? I'm biased, right? Yeah. I say, yeah. like, Hire use, <laughs> use, use technology to do yeah. it for you, right? Because yeah. yeah. it's impossible to do it yourself. And if you try to do it yourself, you're going to spend more time, more mm-hmm. money, you know, more effort uh, than it, your competitor <clears throat> who just presses a freaking button. Their brokerage is already wired up all the content, right? They've already wired in all your listings. They've set up the mm-hmm. best practices, right? And they're just it's either fully automated or they're pressing a button and 30 seconds later, they got it going across platforms. Well, so and they have to, you have to use tech. Yeah. They have yeah. to do it that way. By the way, I just wanted all the listeners and viewers to understand that you all just experienced an earthquake. So Keith yeah. and I moving there, by the way, was yeah. the alerts on our phone saying you uh, duck and cover because yeah. the movement of us was actually an earthquake. By the way, Keith proof, and I like to call them free back massages. Yeah, so proof that we're pros though, because if we you just wouldn't keep have mentioned rolling it, through an earthquake, rolled. by the way, yeah. I was like, wait, um, Am I getting dizzy? No. Yeah, no, I was like, shaking. wow, I'm feeling really interesting right now. And then I was like, oh, this vibration's kind of interesting too. Uh, wait, so, I, have, I, have a, I have a psychology question. Um, and I know you're a geneticist and a marketing guru, Yoda. And, and so this the might, industry this, definitely calls me a geneticist, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> Undergrad genetics. It's, you know, it's, it's world changing. <laughs> I think agents and uh, brokers struggle a little bit with social media in some ways because of in real estate when you ask for the order and the person says no they literally reject you right you as a person as a human being it's not like if i buy adidas instead of nikes phil knight cares but he doesn't care a lot right but when i don't choose you to represent me i've literally told you no to your face or over text or email and so some of that rejection avoidance is amplified. Some of that willingness to put yourself out there is a little scarier because you feel they're so, and this is for brokerage too, the, it's so personal, right? It's, it's deep and heartfelt. How do you get past that? Whether you don't like your voice, I don't like my face, I don't know what to do, I want to be authentic, but if I'm really authentic, what if I ostracize somebody? H- how do you coach someone who believes us right in listening to this but it's like how do i get past that piece just do it yeah Yeah. get over it just Just get over it right you know it's uh there's no there's no way you can do it without doing it start small start Mm -hmm. short uh um, watch some of the look tiktok content the stuff that goes to millions and tens of millions and gets millions of views. Don't worry about that to right. start, right? right? You're not trying to go viral and be this like, you know, influencer overnight in TikTok. What you're trying to do is just start to start to get into the channel, understand it, understand what the content is like a little bit. And that doesn't take much effort, right? It's literally creating a, a TikTok account, yep. following some folks in the area, following some real estate folks, seeing what people are doing. Um, and then record yourself and you do not want to be perfect in TikTok. Like yeah. that is the point. Yes. Oh, man First down. blooper on the pod. I think yes. he, was that, a, was that an Austin earthquake? What happened? Austin just had an earthquake. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you got to get you back there, bud. Are you there? We got your audio back. I think it went to another thing. We had, we had another- there you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah, you had your yeah. Austin earthquake for Austin's the first time. Austin is known for earthquakes. Yeah. Austin is known for earthquakes. So I have a question kind of, it takes us back just a little bit, but I think it's a really interesting, I, I so I've, I've been watching a lot of different um, 
speakers on stages at different conferences talking about artificial intelligence and, and everybody's got their opinions like if you're not part of it you're going to get you know you're going to you're not going to be here and you got to be you know doing this stuff and implementing these things it, you made this comment earlier that I think is interesting do you think that there's a movement away from do you actually think there's a movement away from all of this data collection like that we're going to that this whole concept of AI and all of this automation becomes harder because Americans in general are like, I'm sick of all of this creepy shit in my, <laughs> in my life. Uh, and I'll give you, I want to give you an example to set this up. I talked to this company that accesses Microsoft voice language database, whatever it's called. And they can tell by your voice, how old you are, your height, your weight, approximately where you were born. What like it was, creepy shit <laughs> like and i'm going i want to try it i want to try it i know keith i figured you'd say that but like there's so many things that you can do with this data like that comment i made about getting very specific if you wanted to with advertising down to a specific user but if a lot of these privacy laws change is it going to hold that kind of innovation back yeah i mean yeah. from a from a targeting perspective for sure right and so but you know, there's there's this content constant yin and yang yeah. and, and battle back and forth that goes on. You know, isn't, it's a, but isn't it part of it, Matt? Because it's not that good yet. What I mean by that is, like, I'll go look at something on Amazon, right? And yeah. and oftentimes, like, I'm not a shopper; I'm a buyer. So I'll go look on Amazon and I'll buy it. Well, I keep getting retargeted with the thing I've already bought, which is yeah. incredibly <laughs> annoying and frustrating, right? Yeah. And so it it needs to get to the. I think people would prefer. If it got good enough, I don't mind you sending me things if you send me the right things and stop sending me the wrong things. And but in order to do that, it would have to have more data. But I think you might see people opt in if it gets better. And that's the thought for advertisers. Like there's been a saying in in digital marketing for a long time, right? Like the, the perfect ad is actually information. Mm -hmm. It's not it's it's not advertising, right? And so you know that's actually one of our guiding principles when we think about implementing programs. Like if you bring the right home to a home buyer or the right agent who's just sold a similar home around the corner to a potential seller who knows the market better mm -hmm. than anyone else because they just they just guided a similar home and a similar seller through the process right next door. That is information, right? That is valuable information. And so I think we evolved to a world that uh, the values, I feel like it's, it's actually already happening. Hmm. Uh, the, the, I think the pinnacle moment was, was a couple years ago where we, where society said, look, we, we got to crack down on, on, you know, Facebook was a center point to that. And we've got to build all these opt outs in and, and, and actually the world has limited what you can do with data uh, considerably since then, um, you know, Apple has really cracked down on the use of their mobile de uh, device identifier um, through IDFA, which is some some process they put in place a couple years ago. And so that that um, that's already happened, I think. And and to your point, Key, I think you're dead. On, I hate to agree with you, but I think you're dead. I think I think <laughs> I you're dead that. right, right? Yeah. yeah, I think you're dead right. It's like when you get the right message in front of the right person to James's point at the right time, it's information mm -hmm. and it's valuable. And so you want it. And actually that, that, that works for me online. I'm a backpacker. So I love like getting up into the mountains and when like I spend way too much <laughs> money on backpacking <laughs> gear to save like an ounce, you know, of, yeah. of weight on yeah. my gear. And when a new cottage backpacking gear comes to me in Instagram or, or Facebook or Google, 
I'm like, heck yes. Right. You know, I want that. Right. I think that's an interesting comment in that you, you want to be able to control stuff, but also ha- you want to be able to have information distributed to you that you want. It's kind of like, you know, it's that, that fight that we're going to go through. Mm-hmm. By the way, we, you're just mentioning some stuff. I, I just learned about this. As I'm making myself probably sound old and dated. What the hell is a made number? Uh, like I just literally found out there's, there's a I know what number. Is, is, I know is what that a gang yeah, yeah, I get it, Keith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's, I didn't even actually realize that there's, I guess it's an app. How does it work? A made number. So it's a, yeah. it's a mobile, mobile advertising ID just to like define it for folks. So um, it's a, it's a number that, that every phone, every Android and uh, an iOS device um, has on it. And it's an identifier for your device that um, that uh, Google treats a little differently than, than Apple does, but allows advertisers to advertise to you the device. It's like a um, fingerprint for your phone? Behind it. It's like a fingerprint for your phone, yeah. And yeah. it can be changed, and, and, but, but no one does that. Right. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty good identifier. Now, I just mentioned, that's actually, uh, James, to, I just mentioned uh, something associated with the main number, and that's IDFA, which is um, uh, Apple's, uh, adaptation of that, right? And so Apple has a, an identifier, and they have si- significantly cracked down on the amount of data that can be triangulated or, or attached to the uh, to the mobile device over the past couple of years. Uh, what is some of the data? Industry. What what yeah. is incorporated into the made or this IDFA number? I just I'm totally my curiosity is piqued. What what it, kind of data is being transmitted out there through this information? Well, this identifier. So, so, so you may have heard, and the, the listeners may have heard about um, cookie information yeah. on a browser, right? Yeah. And a cookie is just a little piece of text. It's a text blob that sits on your browser, sits underneath your browser, and it just tracks a number. And that number is um, then communicated to the website mm-hmm. um, that you're using, right? And so... Um, IDFA and and uh, and Google's um, I think it's Google Google Advertising ID um, they they work in a similar way. So all it is is a number that's provided up to Apple and through Google and can be tracked on the websites you browse and the things you do online. And so all of your activities can then be associated with that ID, and you can then be served digital advertising uh, in the ecosystem based on those numbers. So that's the kind of information that they're wanting to figure out how to allow people to have to do things, but also not give out too much information. So there's well, some level and, of privacy and to let humans have choice on if it's shared. Right. Because prior, I guess you probably had some choice, but you didn't know you did and you didn't know how. Right. And so they that's wanted right. to make it easier to opt out. Is that accurate, Matt? That's yeah. right. And and now you have um, you have California privacy laws, you have GDPR in uh, in what's the GDPR? EU, what's GDPR? Um, it's uh, what's the acronym? That, that's like, the, Euro- the, that's the, Euro- the privacy rights of Europe. Basically. European yeah, privacy Euro- regulations, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and so d- data protection laws, mm-hmm. effectively. And so, uh, so what those laws do, and now you pretty much have to comply uh, in advertising everywhere because if you're if you're doing anything with any scale, you're, you're hitting California and you're probably hitting Europe. And so, what what you have to do there is. You, you have to ask. There's there's consent required for linking some of this data together, PII data or personal information together with that with these identifiers. And so you have to be. It's a that was never true, right? So that's a new thing over the past you know few years that the digital advertising has had to adapt to. But I will tell you that digital marketing ecosystem has done a pretty good job 
um, keeping targeting levels high while adapting to those, uh, those changes. Those new how do you, how, so as a digital marketer, uh, how do you feel about that? Like it makes your job a little harder, right? Uh, probably I would assume, uh, but maybe a little better because people are people who want to be marketed to are saying yes. And people who don't aren't, uh, so where do you like, how did, how do you feel at night when you're sipping on a bourbon thinking about those recent changes or the changes in the last couple of years? I, I like, I like consumer choice, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, it, they bury it a little bit, but you can go in, anyone can go into Facebook or Instagram or, or any of the online platforms all of them are required now to have opt-outs, data control. You can block certain groups of things. You can block uh, specific um, specific advertisers. You can block all, everyone from seeing your data, right? And so once I have that control as mm-hmm. a consumer, like if you think about it from a first principles approach, like a, the consumer should have that control of what happens to their data. And so regardless of being running a digital marketing technology company or not, I think that's that's a cornerstone of what we personally sh- feel like we should do as a society, and we've done that. We've taken mm-hmm. a lot of steps in that way. Yeah. Now, I think there's some holes, you know, the telecom companies. There's some some holes in those laws that people don't think about. <laughs> Go you figure. Know. You mean um, like uh, the calls we all get about our home war- or our uh, automotive warranty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's some so, data leakage besides <laughs> those things, right? But uh, yeah. I'll put it that way. So, um, so two, so two final questions because we gotta we gotta wrap here in just a few minutes. Um, I'll I'll take the first. Keith will wrap with this question he always likes to ask, but I I want to pivot just slightly. So obviously everyone in residential real estate is talking about lawsuits, and we're not going to go into that right now. <laughs> but I do want to actually somewhat ask this question related to it. How does a buyer's agent uh, prove their value um, in this post lawsuit world through this digital advertising mechanism? So like, what do you think they should be doing there? Yeah, well, I mean, you uh, you know you know far more about the lawsuit conditions and and situation. We don't need to go into that. Just want to talk about the advertising side. Then I do, yeah. but but from a pure advertising perspective, you know, I tend to think in listening to, to um, smart folks like you talk about the the subject. Um, I I tend to think that buyers agents. Um, I've bought and sold many, many houses, and there have been lots of times where I've been super thankful. I've had a buyer's agent by my side guiding me through the process, right? And you've you've done podcasts that have addressed this and have talked about this this concept. And so I don't think buyer's agents go away in the industry. I think they change and they have to justify justify what they're doing uh, in their activities, right? And so how do you... And so now you have to go out and maybe do a little bit of different type of marketing mm-hmm. and expose yourself out there and talk about how you're, you're helping, you know, what, you're educating the market, right? So as a buyer's agent, you're, you're got, I think if you're paying attention out there and you're, and you're a buyer's agent, you need to think about how you're going to get in front of um, buyers so that you're, you're bringing them into the funnel. They're do, already doing a lot of their own research. Mm-hmm. We know that. You might have them do a little more of their own driving around, but you need to, to, to educate them on the value that you provide um, because buyers agents do a hell of a lot of work, you know, as we in the industry all know. And, uh, but, but they're not always, the value is not always front and center. Right. Um, right. And, and so, so to me, it's, it's fundamentally, and of course I'm biased here, but it's fundamentally a marketing problem and it's an education problem. How do we get the word out? So you should be pumping out content across channels, educating folks on the value of your services and the differentiation of them versus others. You know, one of the things you could do, I, and just making me think about it a little bit, is you know, I, I always find 
consumers are trying to do a lot of their own education and, and research on the buy side, but they're sorting through lots of data. I've seen some really great agents do things like videos on neighborhoods, explaining the types of houses are here and, you know, who is the builder and what's the quality of the home and what's the appreciation rates been in this neighborhood and just content like that. NER did a really good piece, the 179 things a buyer's agent does. To me, there's an entire marketing campaign right there. Mm-hmm. Like you could take those points and create an entire digital marketing campaign around services. We're, you're right in that we advertise the hell out of all the stuff we do on the list side. And we suck at articulating the things that we do on the buy side, but it's not complicated. Just start looking at all the things that you do. Look at what buyers, the questions buyers are asking and then turn those into content pieces because it's going to resonate with the buyer going, oh yeah, I'm having that exact problem. I should talk to this agent about that. You know, I think it's a great comment. By the way, great product for Evocalize to do is an entire (laughs) buy side content strategy. Um, So, um, all right, Keith, wrap us up. I know that this is kind of... uh, This is what we always end on. So if you were an agent or an owner of a real estate operation, what's the one thing you would implement today to help or change your business? So... I think the the one thing that <laughs> this is all everybody does everyone answer this in a self serving way on no, this podcast just, no um, but it's okay yeah. if you do you can yeah. but just make it look, so it's you, like useful yeah, yeah you, here's you, the you, mentality I would say there's a mentality that that the industry needs more of right mm. and that's a and and it's hard in times like this that are that are tight in the industry um, but long term thinking right so if you think about if you, if you think about, we've, we've talked a lot about data, we've talked a lot about marketing, but I made, I made mention early in this episode about how the portals do it, right? And so the portals are great, great at long-term thinking, hmm. right? So they're long-term thinking, they're, they're marketing out in these channels that we're talking to you about, right? They're trying to get folks' attention so they come to their site so they can get them to look at homes so they can build a relationship with them so that they're ready when they're ready to convert into a lead. And then they have nurturing that goes out automatically to keep people involved and in the ecosystem, right? So they're not going out and trying to get leads that can work tomorrow. They're trying to get in, be the first eyeball in front of consumers. And so to me, that's what the industry, if, if the industry wants to spend less money on, you know, the, on the Zillow's, you know, Zillow of the world, buying leads late stage, and they want to control their own destiny and do it more efficiently, if me as a technologist, if I'm sitting in the chair of the, of, of the everyday agent, I think six months, a year out, and I say, I'm going to start, I'm going to plant the seeds to work and build my database over time. Mm-hmm. So my database gets larger. So I have more data and that will make me money as I nurture them. Um, but it's the patience. We, 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 in COVID, you know, when COVID hit in March, we saw advertising fall off a cliff, marketing right. drops precipitously in the, in the first couple of months. And we had a lot of data showing a lot of consumer demand, that demand was not stopping. So we right. started publishing a, a report out there to the industry and telling them, think long-term. We did a retrospective and looked uh, a couple months ago at the agents who kept pumping dollars through marketing during that time. And they made 400% more money than the people mm. who paid back, <laughs> uh, pulled back during that, that, that uh, three to four month period where mm. Yeah. The world was uncertain. So that's my lesson. Think long-term, keep investing. Maybe if you need to back it off a little bit to, to get through it, do sure. that. But, but stay in market, stay digitally present. Matt, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, super appreciative of having you uh, on on the show. You are officially 
uh, our digital advertising. I guess Obi Wan Kenobi would be better. I guess at this point. So, <laughs> um, Jenny Willie, thanks for being here, uh, and we we'll look forward to having you back in the future. So, yeah, thanks, thanks guys. Mike. Appreciate it. That you was got fun. It. Thanks. It's our job to say out loud what everybody's only thinking to themselves. It's your job to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode.